And one of the things we talk about is if we don't give effort, if we're not recognized for effort at the University of Oklahoma, then I'm a con man and they're a fraud. All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host, Kami. I'm Robbie, and joined by my co-host, Jack Shields. We're on like a three-week hiatus. We're back. We're not sick both, as, not yeah, as sick, Yeah, both sick, uh, not with what you might think, uh, luckily, yeah. but uh, it's mostly the Bradford pear situation uh, giving me chest congestion, but now I'm good to go. Yeah, I had the, I had the flu the first week. The second week, I mean, still, I still have somewhat of a cough, but like the second week, like I would just wake up in coughing fits and like be keeled over in the shower because I was yeah. coughing so much. Yeah, it sucks. It's bad, man. It, it's this is the second time this year this has happened to me. It's like I, I've, I've had chest congestion flu. sucks because it takes yeah. forever to oh get my over goodness. it. Unreal. Like I, you spend so much money on Mucinex. Yeah, I've got like three bottles of it. In my it, it's absurd. Right like. And I, I just felt so weird for the past three weeks, and uh, just able to now sit down, do a podcast. Um, and man, it's it's been it's been a wild three weeks, and really even just a wild two days, because now instead of talking about like the flu, you know, because I had flu type A, which is like the the doctors say. The, the doctor told me, like, oh, if you got the flu vaccine, it didn't matter because this is a strain that we couldn't test for. I was like, oh, okay, well, that doesn't, I'm, all right then. I've had the flu three times in my life. Now the name of the game of everything, even on the ticker, it's on, this is, it's on the ticker more often than sports are. Oh, yeah. Is the coronavirus. And just today, the NCAA, squeaky shoes, shooty hoops, basketball, no fans, just essential personnel and some family members for each team going into these tournaments. And I was unclear if that meant also the NCAA tournament. I think it yes, does. Yes, yeah, it's the NCAA tournament. And so um, they're giving 125 tickets per team is the last thing I saw. Yeah, and that's mostly <clears throat> support staff and families. Yep. And so Mark Emmert came out and said NCAA is looking to move the Final Four out of the Mercedes-Benz stadium into a smaller venue in that, atlanta that makes sense because there's not going to be anyone right. there and that place seats of about eighty thousand people yeah. regional sites could be moved from current scheduled arenas to smaller venues in the same cities the plan is to keep sites for the first round as is on a scale of one to ten how freaked out are you about all this uh <clears throat> Five or five or six. Five, really? Five or six. I mean, that doesn't mean I'm not like concerned, right? Of course, it just means I'm not like, oh my god, we're all gonna die. I, I'm there. I'm. We're gonna. You're die. there. I'm. I'm freaked out. One hundred percent. Do you think that's partially a little bit of your personality and disposition? Yes, and also okay, just because I had the flu. Okay, there you go. I'm like, like I worry about things a lot. Like I may like come on the podcast and put a front on and be like, oh yeah, we should win by this much, but secretly underlying, I'm like. Oh my God! OU's totally gonna fuck this, like the Texas game. Like, oh, they're gonna turn the ball over eight times. Uh, of course, that it's something it's, that needs to be monitored. It's <clears throat> a situation where steps should be taken. Yeah, it's not a situation where you should be drinking bleach. <laughs> yeah, I'm drinking Gatorade, not bleach. It's blue though, and I heard that there, there a situation does not exist in which you should drink bleach. If I'm not mistaken, I guess you could. Say I, that. I think that's true. I think that's objectively true, you might say. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And so Lincoln Riley, just just even a day ago, 
right? Or two days ago. A lot's changed in 24 hours. Said, not afraid of the spring game being canceled. Perception-wise. But that's up to Joe C., of course. And then Michigan, who's having their spring game on the same day, just canceled theirs. Ohio State, I believe I just saw. I think a week earlier. Yeah. Uh, he, he said this stuff before theirs. the dominoes began of to course. fall. And, like, obviously today was a big day for all of that. Yeah. With, uh, you know, with what happened with these other spring games, with the NCAA tournament, with the Big 12 tournaments, with, with the, the MB- Thunder tonight. With the I NBA, mean, with Italy. That was a little surreal. It's, it's just, it's a whole bunch of just shit. And... Of course, you have the media sensationalizing a lot of things. I don't know how to that don't know how to talk about things like this. And then, but then you also have people that are ill informed by saying things like, "I mean, this is something that the media should be talking about." Obviously, course, I rightfully. Agree. I mean, people need to be informed about this. But like people that say, "Oh, well, the flu is more deadly." Those people don't understand probability. Those are the people who think that. Total yards is a good metric for gauging an offense. It's like, well, the mortality rate is much higher. But at the same time, and we talked about this before the podcast, uh, you, know, you read all these articles that talk about how severe this thing can get, but most cases are mild, and most people do recover. But those that aren't are, they say, aging people and people with conditions like diabetes, lung ailments, and all these other things. But it's still... It is concerning. I mean, that could knock out a lot of people within that demographic. Of course it can. And we don't want that, obviously. Right. Um, No, I I almost got into some dark comedy about sitting, standing up and sitting down at football games, but I'm not. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) everybody knows where I'm going with this. But after the first day of spring practice, Lincoln Riley says, hey, fantastic news. Spring game is going to be another night game, boys, 5 p.m., so kind of, right? Because now it's been getting dark at 8 o'clock because of the time change and stuff like that. Um, But the more impressive thing was they wanted to, and of course Oklahoma hasn't canceled their spring game yet. Now I'm saying not that they will, but they haven't canceled it. Um, But they, they plan to unveil Baker Mayfield's Heisman statue in the stadium. Um which is awesome. Wait, in the stadium? Yeah, say they said in the stadium, so everybody could see it. Oh, okay, gotcha. And um, I could have sworn if they were just going to unveil it in Heisman Park, but I guess they'll move it back out to Heisman Park yeah. or something like that. What pose is he in? Ooh, I mean, is it generic? Um, is it, it the it's going to be one? generic. Ugh. It's going to, you know, it will be. Even and even after, even in the post David Bourne world, it will be even post David Bourne, and even I think I think I remember George Stoya asked Lincoln Riley this question. I can't remember which college football playoff appearance it was. I mean, it would have had to have been the last one for Baker Mayfield. 17. Uh, yeah, because like Lincoln Riley himself said that uh, he would want to, of course, it should be Baker Mayfield planting a flag. Yeah, it's iconic. It is iconic. Also, somebody just texted me and said one of the jazz players tested positive for coronavirus. I don't think that's there was a fake tweet about that. Oh, let's hope it's that, that let's real. hope that tweet is super fake. Yeah, um, that's been going around. He's a mother faker. It's, it's been fooling people. God, it's not real. I hate people. Like wait this. a minute. Oh, wait. The it is real. This is from Shams. Shams with the check mark. Oh, oh. Go Bear has tested positive for coronavirus. Oh! So she's still in the athletic and stadium. This man. This is from Shams. He was just his actual account. He was just joking about it. He. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. 
this this man was just joking about it. He's like, oh, I'm not afraid of the coronavirus. He, and he touched all the mics in the room because he was joking about how not serious the coronavirus was. French people send this man to send him to back to France or something. No, that sounds bad. Just like he, he, the, the PA announcer said, "You're all safe. Nothing's wrong. Just kidding. You've been sweating around all these people and dapping all these dudes up, and all of a sudden you're about to play a game, and you have Oklahoma City team trainers running." to the tip off basically and saying no 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 and that's that's god bro are you kidding me yeah that's like what do you say to that what do you say to that like breaking news on the podcast uh i'm 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 at a loss for words the jazz should have to forfeit that game then (laughs) okc four seed I mean, I already hated Rudy Gobert. But. Right, right. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't need any more reason not to dislike the man. And then, like, he jokes about it, and now him and Emmanuel Mudiay, and a teammate of his, probably has it. And you know what? I bet that entire team is now infected by it. That's crazy. Following Rudy Gobert's positive COVID nineteen test, the NBA is in an indefinite suspension. The NBA has suspended its season. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, of course. Oh my god. It took one. The NBA was trying to avoid one player getting sick because then it would just trickle down. It took one. Oh man. You gotta talk some more football. But like, (laughs) I I just, how do you? That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And like, Brady Trantham, friend of the pod, love the man. He's a good guy. Um, he tweeted out tonight something that was pretty, I thought, pretty pertinent. Um, if This is great podcasting. I'm, I'm on my Twitter looking for the tweet that I retweeted of his. Uh, Brady says, I apologize for my words. This is fucking idiotic. Stop with the vagueness. Reveal what the unforeseen circumstances are so people can take measures to protect themselves and their neighbors. And because at the game tonight, they're like, oh, due to unforeseen circumstances, it's not bad. Oh, you have to leave. You're all safe. And then all of a sudden, it's, oh, by the way, this man has the coronavirus. And it's just like, it's unbelievable. Now the NBA, suspended. Unbelievable. That's crazy to me. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. That's unreal. That's unreal. So after a brief uh, moment of pausing between me and Jack deciding before we should carry on, because it's just like, like, like Jack's, like you just said, off air, there's a lot of moving parts to this now, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean... When these dominoes begin to fall, obviously other dominoes begin to fall. The NBA season on indefinite suspension. This is going to... Co- I mean, I know obviously the only confirmed cases in the NBA, but you have to think that other leagues are going to start taking precautions. I wouldn't... The NCAA, they previously announced that there would not be fans attending these games. 
I would not be surprised, even though it's completely unrelated to what happened in the NBA, yeah, yeah. for them to cancel the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not saying they should. I'm saying that right now in the current climate, oh yeah, they might. I, I, I really I, think they will. I, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, all of a sudden it goes from like, oh, just no fans, just essential personnel, to literally within within minutes of each other oh tom hanks has coronavirus and his wife rita wilson who's a very talented woman in her own right in which i've been saying it might take somebody famous in the united states for people to take us a little more seriously uh for this to happen and then literally minutes later you get a uh sham sharania and uh, adrian wajernowski both saying oh by the way uh rudy gobert who had joked about it touched every mic in the media room about coronavirus um he tests positive like before the game this evening in okc you had thunder staffers medic like medical team like running to the court and saying hey like there's some concern and now this concern is i don't think they're overreacting i think they're acting appropriately after seeing what else has gone gone on in inside other developed countries like Italy and stuff like that. Like, yes, I know somebody's going to say, oh, but most of these cases have been mild. Um, and apparently Gobert is feeling good right now, yeah, which is good. But, I mean, course. obviously we're a little mad at him right now, but... And, and like, he might feel good and, like, and he... Well, and, yeah, sometimes the symptoms lay dormant for a little bit. And you can still carry it and pass it on to other exactly. people. Exactly. And... That's what's scary. It's just, it's it's unreal to me. And so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they canceled all of this. Like, they're telling universities right now to pack up and go home uh, and just to get out of the dorms. After this week, peop- uh, universities are uh, high schools in, in the metro are like that are one-to-one that have devices. They are sending out like, messages to students and parents and saying, hey, how many of you guys have internet at home in case we need to have school, but but electronically, you know? That's it's crazy to me that this is happening out of not of like people like of the wussification of America, but of out of an abundance of caution that people might want to have over something that is spreading rapidly that people don't have immunities to. So I I think it's necessary. Uh, And it's like it's like, how do you record? How do you keep on recording a podcast? We we were debating you know, quitting recording just because there are so many moving parts right now and we're hesitant to speculate on of course, future events and things could... I mean, this is going to... People who are listening to this are probably going to hear it tomorrow morning. Yep. So much can change between now yeah. and tomorrow morning. So if, there, if something isn't up to date with this, forgive us because a lot of this stuff probably happened of either course. while we were recording or... Right after. Right after. Yeah, it happens. And so... Trying to get back to more like trying to get more focus on football talk, and it's it's just like Lincoln Riley at, in his presser. Um, he says he really likes this grasp that Spencer Rattler and T- Tanner Mordecai have on the offense, and something that he he mentioned that I thought was very interesting, and that I thought that I think was really strange as the season progressed was. He really likes how Tanner Mordecai and Spencer Rattler have a grasp on the offense. Mordecai has it for two years. Rattler's had it for one. They felt like they were really force-feeding Jalen information, which is interesting because 
the first half of the year, he looked pretty good. And maybe yeah. it's because teams hadn't scouted him as much. They had. What, and what they, he was they weren't the sure offense. what to see out of Oklahoma's offense. Like, how much would it look like offenses from years past? People but weren't really sure. In the that second point. half of the year, they had scouted him. They had him the book on him, yeah. Figured it out pretty quickly. They realized that Oklahoma's offense was actually fairly limited in what it could do with him. And so. they still were functional as hell. He, I mean, he's a, he's a clutch playmaker who galvanizes his team, and he. As many mistakes as he made, he also saved OU's ass on pretty plenty of occasions. So. Yeah, and, and especially that Baylor game. Yeah, that Baylor game was pretty. The second half important. after he had put them in the hole in the first yep. half. Yep, and he had a good pro day today. Uh, of course, it's easy to throw against no defenders yeah. and when you're not under pressure. Um, but we'll we'll see what he looks like for the NFL draft. Um, Lincoln Riley also mentions Jamal Morris and Robert Barnes, previously safeties. Moving down to linebacker. The Barnes thing is one of the least surprising developments of the offseason. I agree with that statement. I mean, Barnes always reminded me of a defensive version of Alex Ross. Kind of yeah, stiff, yeah. stiff in the legs and in the hips. More so stiff in the hips, which as a linebacker, that's kind of important not to have. Um, but it's just, is this, you, this is a depth move, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Because there's no depth at linebacker. And if Kenneth, I mean, hell, they're moving David Aguebu into yeah, inside linebacker yeah. when he was thriving on the outside last year, just out of necessity. That's not good. And Kenneth Murray, had he come back, I doubt one of these guys moves. They said kind of Robert Barnes was a foregone conclusion. They thought one hundred percent that um, he would end up at linebacker anyways. But Jamal Morris is a little bit of a surprise. And they said they identified these guys. <coughs> They identified these guys during like their stations in Hell Week as far as like, oh, this guy could probably play linebacker. This guy could probably play linebacker. Right now, they're operating with Caleb Kelly at as, as at the mic. And so you're figuring out, okay, is it going to be Deshaun White? Is it going to be Brian Asamoa? Is it going to be somebody else who plays the other inside linebacker position? I think Caleb Kelly is at the mic just strictly because he knows the defense and he's the most senior leader. And I would expect him to be at Big 12 media days. Um, but... I thought Lakin's comments on weed were most interesting when he talks about... It was pretty thoughtful, too. Yeah. It was very thoughtful. Talking about how the way it's set up, you're able to sort of focus on helping the individual when they have an issue with alcoholism. Yeah. Perhaps you can't really do that with marijuana not that you necessarily need rehabilitation for marijuana or anything right. like that. But anyway, you can't really get as much transparency from the player because they're afraid of the repercussions. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's something that needs to change in our society as a whole. And in, in, in a way, it has, of course, but there's still a long way to go. Yeah, and he, and he mentions like having a, a medical marijuana card and how that doesn't yeah. matter in the eyes of the NCAA. Of course, and, yeah, that's not surprising. <clears throat> and all that other stuff. And he, he says all this, and he brings up good points in 21st century, you know, athletics. Uh, this isn't, you know, this isn't the 1990s anymore. You, This isn't the early 2000s. Like, the, the, the substance that people are getting suspended for is legal in several states, especially if you have a medical license. And it is generally that. not seen in the same light as it was back then, of just course. publicly. It's not even like... It, the public in general, especially you know under the age of 
60. Now, granted, I'm not generalizing here because baby boomers statistically <clears throat> love dispensaries. Yeah, the white collar. People can they love them. It's legal. Yeah, they love it. But uh, anyway, attitudes, you know, especially in the younger generation, it's, I'd say, 60 and below, and even a lot of the people above it. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's not even a faux pas at this point anymore. Yeah, I would agree. It's, it's, it's all, it's, and it's like in movies prior to this generation, it's seen as a bad thing. Oh, he does yeah, really it, it, Well, and I mean, it was sort of thing seen as the thing that like bad boys do and stuff like and that now it's in just movies. Like I mean, it's what the average protagonist just does. Yeah, it's basis. just sort of like it's, it's, you know, it's treated kind of like, like alcohol. Attitudes have changed. And it's, and it, with that said, Ronnie Perkins is running with the ones right now. Yeah. And they feel very confident. Okay, okay, let me back up. I would say they would feel confident with his appeal process, or else I don't think he'd be running with the ones. I think he'd be running with the twos or threes or scout, but I don't think he'd be running with the ones if they didn't feel confident at all in his in his appeal process. Of course. Um, that being said, out for spring, um, yeah, Trey Sermon, of course, with the ACL. You have Jalen Redmond who. Not blood clots this time, yeah, which is amazing. Thank God, thank God yeah. of course. It's his shoulder, which uh, many of you guys saw it actually during the Big 12 title game. It happened way more times during the year. His shoulder keeps popping out. It happened a place. lot in that Big 12 title game, uh-huh. and he was playing his ass off in that game, too. Yeah. The whole defense was. but Yeah, and I mean, he, he's having surgery on that to hopefully fix that ho- Yeah, hopefully issue. it's not the lingering issue. Hopefully the surgery fixes it. You saw what happened with Michael Jones with yep. the same issue. Yep. And he never really fully was able to get back into the swing of things Hell after having a pretty okay season, playing the, a decent role in that 2017. That Big 12 title game, I think it was TCU, yeah. where yeah, he yeah, catches he, it, pops his shoulder back in, and keeps going? Yep. Like, that's just unreal. Yeah. And so Theo Howard, the transfer from UCLA, who, of course, we knew he had some sort of Achilles tendon tear, didn't know if how severe, because typically those things will keep you out for the entire year, yeah. and you're done. Well, according to Lincoln, according to Lincoln Riley... And according you know, to Theo. They, uh, and Theo, yeah, of course, he said that not long after he actually re- uh, received that injury, um, that only out for spring and should be back during some time during the summer. That that's I mean if that's true that is fantastic news yeah. because he d- he does not have another year of eligibility because he he's already he used a red shirt last year uh-huh. because of his injury so we'll see how def- that I mean out. he can play a huge role for OU too he could fit in basically seamlessly into that slot role so and I not also along with John Michael Terry I believe Nick Benito is limited yes this spring yeah, as well he's limited new number two number eleven <clears throat> and that'll look clean. You know, honestly, John Michael Terry played really, really, really well in that edge position. The oh, first he was half of the year. fantastic, and he was the one really keeping that side of the defense pretty in check. And then he goes out. You see a drop off in containment, and then Nick Benito, as the year went on, he was a really good player as well, bigger than John Michael Terry. Maybe not as quick of the feet with with uh, with JM, JMT, but uh, definitely more than formidable as the season went on um, to, you know, uh, that what would be his first successful, like, starting spot, which is pretty unique. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, those are guys out for spring, so those are guys you wouldn't see at the spring game if it were to happen, you know. As of now, it doesn't look likely, but I don't want to speculate on wh- what will happen. But going on to a Grinch, 
because people are just going to focus on like what Lincoln Riley said. But going on to what Grinch said, I thought was a lot pretty interesting. He said it was a nine day difference starting off. He said last year, it, you come in and you try to develop habits, you try to get rid of bad habits, and now you're no longer developing these habits, and you're more along the lines of growing into the system and raising the bar. And for this defense, what does raising the bar look like? I would say creating more turnovers. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, that was... <laughs> what was the quote from Alex Grinch uh, a day or two ago saying that he was... Was it disgusted? Was that the word that he used yeah. to describe uh, yeah. the lack of turnovers last <laughs> year? And, I mean, obviously they were doing the right things in order to create turnovers. They were doing a lot. They were playing aggressively. They were jumping routes. It just wasn't really happening for them. Yeah. But generally, the defense played pretty well up until, obviously, that LSU game. But So, I mean, obviously, I think Grinch is... He, he has a fetish for turnovers. He has yeah. a hard-on for turnovers. Rightfully so. He has a hard-on for turnovers and six-foot-two safeties. I mean, Can't blame him. Rightfully so, because like, he, he mentions, like, he feels like he maybe lost a little bit of credibility after coming in preaching turnovers, 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 and all of a sudden, you forced, like, nearly basically the amount the same amount or less than the year before, but your defense was... I mean, your defense was so much better. It was more disruptive. You, like... And can you really blame Grinch for that when you saw so many of those errant balls over the middle just get dropped? Can you blame Grinch for that, no. really? Because, I, 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 yes, I agree. The lack of turnovers is disgusting, like he said. But, like, I, th- those are his words, not mine. He can't catch the ball for Buki. He couldn't catch of course not. the ball for Trey Brown in several of those situations where they hit them right in the stomach. Like, that's not yeah, his fault. Yeah, nothing he can do about that. So, like, I wonder what else they can do to ramp up turnovers. You know, I, I, I don't know what you can do there. Now, something that the coaches are excited about is Trey Norwood. And, of course, they keep on mentioning, oh, look, did you see him during bowl prep? This guy's looking fit. Because, well, when you yeah, when you hurt your knee like that, when you tear some ligaments and you're not able to run as much you're not, and you're not playing football all the time and losing weight because... Believe it or not, folks, if you're unaware of this, they bulk up in the offseason, and a lot of these players, they are not their playing weight listed on this on the spreadsheets and on the rosters when you guys go see them play because they lose weight during the year because they're practicing, 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 game, recover, recover, recover. There's not enough. They, they're, they're losing weight. They're losing muscle, and they there's not enough time even in the bye weeks to recover that. So... Trey Norwood skipped all that and really bulked up. He looks like he added a good 10, 10 12 pounds Listed of muscle. Listed at 189, like, which is not a twig. <clears throat> That's big. Yeah. Like, he looks how How heavy was jacked. he, like, aside from what he was listed at when he came in, how much do you think he weighed when he came in? Like, 160? When, when Trey Norwood came into the program, I bet he was about 166. Yeah. Uh, like, the last time we saw him play, uh, although he was listed at, like, 177 or something like that, I bet he's about 172. Yeah. But he looks like a legitimate yeah. 185 right now, 189. That's great. Like, he... I've never seen that man more muscular in my life. Now, is that going to inhibit his ability as far as his the flow of his hips? Is it going to impede his skills as far as what he can do getting off the line? I don't know. But right now, uh, they want a way to get him on the field, whether it's at nickel or at corner, maybe at safety. Who knows? He's played all of those spots. 
um, and they really like him. But he was probably going to start at nickel if not oh, for yeah. that injury over Buki. He was going to get a ton of playing time, and so my question is: after an injury like that, after what you've seen from Trey Brown and Jaden Davis and Buki, do you see him starting? Is he? In, I think if, he's got a shot with Piedmont. I mean, he, he, he's got a shot at corner with Piedmont leaving. I guess Jaden Davis would probably be the. Got to say, you think he takes Jaden Davis? I don't spot? think he takes Jaden Davis' spot, but I think he's <laughs> someone who you could potentially. You're going to use more than two cornerbacks this year. Yeah, of course. So Trey Norwood could theoretically be someone who works his way into that rotation. But I, I would imagine it would be more likely the nickel position. That's fair. He's long. Yeah. He's like, kind of like Julian Wilson. He's long. He's athletic. Now, granted, their depth at safety last year was so concerning that they might choose to put him over him over there. Right. So, right. You never know. Because the options behind... DTY and Pat Fields are still very inexperienced. Of course they are. And Cradell, you're probably going to see him at nickel. Yeah, I would I would expect Cradell at nickel. And then Justin Harrington coming in. Yeah, hopefully coming in. And then Alex Grinch said, you know, Juco players like, like Ellison and Perry Winfrey and guys like Justin Harrington, you know, you're not recruiting Juco guys to sit on the sideline, he said. You're recruiting those guys to come in and play mm-hmm. immediately, which I thought was really interesting because I'd not heard that from an OU defensive coach or an OU coach in general. Uh, but, like, it, when he said it, he meant it. So these dudes are coming in to get playing time. Justin Harrington is just another one if he should be eligible, which he's supposed to be by summer with the Juco guys when they delay things. You never things, know. You yeah. never know. When you delay things, that's a bit of a red flag. But you never know. But Hopefully it would be huge if he could, yeah, obviously. Yeah, of course. And so, like, if he does come in, like, all of a sudden, now you have experience um, in, in that back end, and you now you're you're looking at places to plug players in where they may be most successful. So we'll see what happens. And also, Alex Grinch took a shot at Texas, which I thought was just wonderful. You know, he talks about the expectations at Oklahoma. You know, ten and two seasons is not what Oklahoma's about. He's like, it, it it's really you know, you college football playoff. It's really about going and winning it all. And he said some teams in the conference are going to talk about having high expectations and they're going to lose five games. And I was like, oh, holy crap. I wonder who he's talking about. Yeah, like like, high-caliber teams talking about high expectations are going to go lose five games, but that's not the way it is at Oklahoma. And I just, like, jaw dropped. He completely, like subtweeted Texas without name dropping them, but that's the that's what you want to hear <coughs> out of an Oklahoma coach. That's what you want to hear out of a fired up Alex Grinch. You love that part of the game. Um but man, it's uh really a lot of information after the first spring practice, but not a lot you can get out of just the players because it's one practice. They're in shoulder pads and shorts. They're not gonna do anything special. Um you may not even get to see them during a spring game. Who even knows at this point? Um, but we're going to head to a break. After the break, we're talking about some basketball stuff, a couple of Twitter questions, and some other random things. Um, we'll check you guys in a second. All right, Jack. So, OU, on their own home court, they lose to Texas. It on, was on a, a little frustrating. On a really bad bank shot to close the game after. With OU fans chanting Texas sucks before the free throws. Yeah. What the fuck were y'all thinking? I was there and I was like yelling at people around me. Yeah. I was like, have you ever been to a basketball game before? (laughs) I was like, don't tell me dude's going to miss both of these. Just make one. And of course, it's not the way it worked out. 
and then it became like a must win in t- at TCU. Um, and then, of course, they get down in a massive hole. At that point, I am and we're all beginning just like, to yeah. contemplate the future of Oklahoma basketball. Yeah, and you're like the head coach. And then Austin Reeves, uh, Greg Jennings, puts the team on his back. Fuck you, Gumby. Shout out there. Remember that video? Pretty cool. Yeah, I, I just unbelievable. Like, And, I mean, and just like that, with that comeback oklahoma doesn't even have to worry about an ncaa tournament bit yeah they're the three they're seed. just in they're the three seed they're three in seed the big 12 they're gonna play west virginia who they've beaten twice somehow who's somehow <laughs> despite it being a horrible matchup for them yeah, for yeah of course but they've been with on. that huge front court for west virginia that's good Ma- manic has been on dew has been on during those games yeah. and of course like the TCU game early on, I was like, well, looks like seven seed it is. And now it's, oh, here's a three seed. Yeah. Okay, OU is projected I as I stopped watching the, the game. I don't blame you. And yeah. I think a lot of people did, too. Like, why wouldn't you? <coughs> like, why wouldn't you stop watching? And then for a minute, I stopped watching, too. And then I was like, okay, you know what? I got to watch the rest of this train wreck, see how it happens. And like the last five minutes, I'm like side-eyeing the TV. And like I keep on looking, I'm like, no way. I was like, if this gets under 10, no way. Okay, if this gets under 7, maybe. And then they just kept on going. And Brady Manic too, like back-to-back possessions, just like catch and shoot. I was like, oh, my God. There's no way. I was like, Austin, Austin Reeves is about to pull up and try to win this game in regulation because they're going to win in overtime because TCU's nearly fouled out. Uh, so I was like, well, win it now or maybe in, in, in overtime. And of course, pull up mid range jumper, just like everything at, at the end of that game just went in. He does the throat slash says it's over big 12. Publicly. Was it even a throat slash? He, he, he was sort of like saying yeah. like, shut it down. Yeah. Basically he's like, like, it's done. It's over. And the Big 12 was like, we don't like throws. Now, that's an administrative overreaction right there, if you're wanting to look for an example of that. I agree with that. I I mean, he did say... See, here's the thing. He did say it's fucking over. Yeah, that, I mean, whatever. And the cameras caught his lips, but... Fine. Whatever. Whatever. It's another example of Bob Bowlesby and the conference leadership making a mountain out of a molehill in terms of a PR situation. Right. How many people outside of the Big 12 footprint, <laughs> knew about, had seen that video or anything. Not, Not many. very many. Not many. But then you come out and acknowledge it and reprimand it, and then everyone sees it. Yep. <sighs> smart. I, it's <laughs> Very smart. That bulls me. Some savvy people running this conference. So, Oklahoma, as of now, they play tomorrow. Um, so by the time you've listened to this or about to listen to this, so uh, be playing West Virginia, and um, as of now, as far as uh, Lunardi uh, or not Joe Lunardi, who's the bracketology guy? Is it Joe Lunardi? Yes, yeah, Joe Lunardi. Joe Lunardi, and then Jerry Palm for CBS. That's right. Uh, for bracketology, uh, for Lunardi, they have OU in the LA region. Uh, and of course, you said the regional will be in Spokane. Well, that's one of the potential for now. Yeah, that, I mean, well, I mean, it, it would probably still be in Spokane. Yeah, by right, that's Gonzaga's maybe the number at one a, seed. Maybe at a different venue. And they have them right now as a nine seed, actually playing uh, Arizona, who of course would be would would be the eight seed. Yeah. Do you think this team could 
beat Arizona in the first round? I, I think so. They've been pretty inconsistent. And they're, yeah, they, I, I think they could. The only thing consistent Arizona. about this team is that, with the exception of the first half, and even, even in the first half of TCU, they played good defense. There's offense is just wildly yeah. stupid and consistent because yeah. of the offense long And it's crazy runs. because they have a lot of skilled players offensively. That's what makes it so frustrating. I have many I have many things to say that I just I I feel like I've said it enough times. We've said it. We we both said it enough times about Long Kruger not running pick and rolls uh, or not many pick and rolls with skilled big men as far as Brady Manick and Christian Doolittle. It's just a waste of talent. Like how yeah, do you how do you not see and giving guys? I mean, granted, it worked out with Reeves in this last game, but the previous yeah seventeen or so games it did not work out. Him having the perpetual green light, yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, that's been a you know a huge problem with OU basketball over the past few years. Just sort of letting them go and play free. I mean, yeah, uh, that, that yeah. that's great when you have a guy like Buddy Hield oh, yeah. an entire of team that knows how to share the ball. But there are certain instances in which they need a little bit of structure, and I think this season is one of those. Of course. Of Last course. season was also one of those. I just The think previous season with Trey Young was also one of those, and you didn't see enough of yeah. it. And it cost them. I just think I just think of Austin Reeves is an underrated ball handler. Devian Harmon's a great... Oh, oh Reeves has game. Yeah, That's he does. for sure. Devian Harmon is a great ball handler. Biennemi, not so much. He's getting He's there. a safe ball handler, though. He and, doesn't make yeah. mistakes. And then you have bigs like Brady Manick, who has really been more than impressive this year when he's on. He's done a lot more down low than I yeah. thought he'd be able to. He's, uh, been a little, he's shown a little bit as, more toughness. Especially, yeah, holding up down low. And then Christian Doolittle, who's just money around the basket and in the paint. How do you how do you not run pick and pops and pick and rolls every possession just looking for something to be there because something would be there, and instead they you know they they screen slide the guy to a mismatch and they just go uh, and and some nights it's just fantastic for them and some nights as we've seen it's uh, abysmal and then just some nights Austin Reeves will go off and win the game for you 40, 41 points I believe right forty one yeah unbelievable uh, but that's Kind of done for some shooty hoops. Um, some a couple of Twitter questions, both related to Corona, one with beer, one with virus, and I thought they were th- pretty thoughtful. Uh, he says Josh Reyes says, "Do we ban fans in the stands because of coronavirus, or do we just flat out cancel that game?" I mean, I feel like banning fans in the stands is enough, but at, at the same time, the way that the uh, current climate and perception is trending, I yep. wouldn't be surprised if they go with the latter. Or as you just saw with the NBA, when yep. player players literally just tested positive yeah. before the game I, and I they had to cancel it. Yeah, there's a little bit of panic going around right now. Like so. Royce, like we just talked about during the break, Royce Young tweeting out like you know Chris Paul going to the bench for Utah and saying like, "Hey, where's Rudy Gobert?" and everybody screaming at him to get away from the bench because Rudy Gobert had tested positive for coronavirus before the game. And now the Thunder locker room, they are all being tested. New tweet from Royce Young, by the way. I've been told that Rudy Gobert was never at the arena tonight, but huh. he was in OKC. Hmm. So, uh, on one hand, <laughs> he, uh, you know, wasn't in the arena, maybe didn't infect any players. Other on the other hand, people in the hotels. did he attend... Did he patronize any establishments in Oklahoma City throughout the day? Exactly. Places that I like to go, perhaps? Exactly. Hmm. 
So and it's just like all the players, uh, the OKC players and the Jazz players in the locker rooms are being tested for coronavirus as we speak right now. Probably uh, they haven't been let out. They've been quarantined. It, it's just un- it's unbelievable. And so like I think people ma- will motion to flat out cancel the games. Yeah. Um, Girth Brooks, which is a great name. I love I love that he is a regular in the Twitter yeah, questions. Girth Brooks says, "I'll say what everyone else is thinking." What do you think about the Corona beer virus? I think we've talked enough about what we think about it. He says, can putting <laughs> condoms so. on your fingers prevent you from getting the coronally transmitted diseases? I mean, it's worth a shot. I mean, I think covering your hands might be a good idea, actually. Yeah. So, uh, sure. Can't hurt to sure try. Sure on that one. Anyways, uh, OU recently hosted some big names in the recruiting world on, the, on campus for football. You've got guys like Kamar Wheaton, Bryce Foster, Caleb Williams. Two of these three guys, and I'm just saying this with just like not definite, definitively like it'll it will be that way, but by National Signing Day, two of these three guys will be five-star kids. And OU for Kamar Wheaton, Bryce Foster, and Caleb Williams is in a really, really great spot for all three of these guys. I mean, Caleb Williams... Him and Lincoln Riley seemed to see eye to eye on several things. He said he felt like he had gotten a lot of things cleared up with Lincoln Riley as far as kind of what a plan would be. Uh, Bryce Foster, he attended practice with uh, Fathery. I think I can't remember his, his first name. Um, but he attended practice with Fathery today or yesterday and um, with Orlando Brown, with... Uh, uh, oh, why am I Cody Ford? And they, they really liked the intensity and thought, you know, this these these are the guys that could get me to the next level. And of course, Kamar Wheaton, a running back that Oklahoma basically was looking at Demarco Murray and saying, "Go get this kid. This is the reason why we hired you on staff. You you and Travion Henderson essentially." And so Oklahoma's in a good position to get Kamar Wheaton, Bryce Foster, and Caleb Williams. And man, if they can get Caleb Williams on board in the summer or for the spring, if they get them for the, the dominoes the will game, begin to fall recruiting wise. Fall after that. so fast, just like they did. For it's Spencer what you saw, Rattler. yeah, exactly with Rattler, and then all those receivers came <clears> on board. So without a spring game, possibly we don't know what would happen. But it, once you get the quarterback on board, especially if it's a five-star quarterback, everything seems to fall into place. It's typically how it works. It's typically just what happens with these alpha guys as your five-star quarterbacks. I mean, you saw with Rattler. You saw it with a lot of other guys, um, Justin Fields, even though he transferred, and other other players. Um, Perry and Winfrey, man, and Joshua Kelly. They're running with the ones, uh, not Joshua Kelly, but uh, Jordan Kelly, excuse me. Kind of by default. <clears throat> They're running with the ones at nose. Uh, without DTY, Woody Washington is actually running his spot, seemingly. Uh, in spring, of course, it's only one practice. They're, you're going to see yeah, so much. You're going to see so much movement. Um, but any of this, any of this surprise you at all? Oh, not really. Honestly. No, yeah. I mean, because Kelly was expected I mean, to be Winfrey and Kelly. I mean, they lost uh, Gallimore, yep. Overton, Famatu, and Famatu, Famatau. And, and I mean, they literally had to bring in two JUCO guys, Winfrey and Ellison. Ellison. And I guess Kelly is ahead of Ellison in the pecking order. So I mean, this is all. Yeah, and, kind of... and Kelly was expected to. Yeah, contribute he, he was going to contribute last year, if not for the injury. And then you have uh, Corey Roberson, who's a little bit lighter. That'll probably contribute. Just have a lot of guys. 
But Winfrey has been your de facto one, and Kelly's been rotating in with them. Woody Washington uh, running the ones at safety. Do you think that's going to stick, or do you think that might be a thing Who where— Who the hell knows if that'll stick? Do you, do you think that'd be a thing where Justin Harrington comes in and I, maybe takes that— I, I would say spots? not to judge Woody Washington too much on what happened. Of course. Because he was course. thrust into a situation in which he, he should have been not in. have been yeah. thrust. I agree. I mean, he's someone who didn't even play enough last year to burn his redshirt year. He's a redshirt freshman this year. Of course. So, I mean, and he's going to have an entire offseason to sharpen his skills and <coughs> get on the same page with everyone. So, I I mean, he's obviously a talented kid. He's someone that everyone was high on coming in. So, yeah, we'll see. This was something that we wrote it. We wrote it. I wrote to talk about before the podcast even started. And I said, the NBA may stop having fans altogether or take a long hiatus on the season. Well, that has since changed within the last 10 minutes. So when Jack says, hey, when you're listening to this podcast, these dominoes, they fall differently. And they, some things that we say are might be really different. Some things we say or predict or suggest might be totally accurate. It's just... This is, we're here podcasting, and we even mentioned maybe stopping and waiting another week just to like see what would happen. Um, but yeah, uh, it looks like the NBA is on hiatus for a minute. We don't know why. Well, we know why, but we don't know for how long. Excuse me. But the XFL. Are you still watching the XFL? Um, or did you ever start watching the XFL? I mean, I've casually tuned in for like a few minutes on That's a few fair. occasions. I was down in Houston. With a couple of my friends a couple weekends weekends ago, and they're obsessive football fans who watch the NFL Network all the time and stuff like that. So they can't get enough football. So I watched uh, the Dallas Houston game with them last right. week, and uh, that Houston team is actually pretty good. They, yeah, PJ Walker can actually play. I'll, I'll he's someone. Man. He's someone who at the quarterback <laughs> position is probably going to continue to Go get a shot. To he's the someone NFL. who. Because had a lot of scout team op- steam, ah, scout team opportunities. And I know NFL, Russ, so. I think it was Russell Wilson that suggested him to somebody and that was like, "Hey, he's played here or somebody in some organization." Sorry, like, not scout team, practice squad. It's the NFL. And, so. and Landry Jones of course is hurt but has thrown several interceptions every game. Uh but really Houston's Honestly, Houston's really the only good team, and the, the PJ Washington's the one driving that train. Uh, but it, it's it's you know it's football. But like along again, along with this coronavirus stuff, <laughs> less and less fans. I think less and less fans are showing up strictly just because of that. I mean, I mean, well, I don't think it's strictly because of that. I think partially I think it's people are losing interest. As I, well. Yeah, people are also losing interest a little bit. You saw the same thing with the AA. Unless you're Houston, yeah. <clears throat> But, but yeah, XFL. I mean, it's football and it's spring. People will tune in. That's the way I feel about it. I thought there was a really funny on tweet on on Twitter today. Man, I'm I'm my brain is scrambled right now. Thinking about a lot of things. Um, Oklahoma. They you see a screenshot in the practice practice facility. Excuse me. And they hung a banner with it says, "Oh, three time college football playoff." you know, makers or whatever. They made it this many times. 2015, 17, and 18. Um, and um, people were like, oh, are we really hanging banners for being losers now? 
And then Red Dirt Sport, you know, friend of the pod, is a good guy, says, Oklahoma made the college football playoff three times with Mike Stoops as the defensive coordinator. That's banner worthy. Don't at me. And like, he makes he makes a point. He makes a good point. It's a it's a <coughs> it's a hilarious point. And also, so Obo, who's with the Rams, quoted him and said, "Mike Stoops, one of the best coaches I've ever had. Wish y'all put some respect on his name." That ship has sailed. And then, I'm sorry. I I mean, there are a lot of people who respect him, but it, it's very clear that he was the wrong person for the job at that point in time. One of the there's no debating that. One of the next tweets is. From Tony Jefferson. <laughs> Replying to Oboe. <laughs> yes, bro, with Oboe. With the laughing gif of Ray Liotta yep. in Goodfellas. Good, Goodfellas. Yeah, God, so, that's so good. That's he a, is someone who... That timing is just immaculate. His beefs with Mike Stoops are noteworthy. Of course they are. There are a lot of rumors there. Whether or not Mike Stoops tried to tarnish his name and to NFL people. basically trash his draft status. And just to spite him for leaving. Yeah. Um, then obviously Mike Stoops had his decisions that he made personnel-wise defensively in 2012. Man. Basically, those odd formations that basically allowed Tavon Austin to uh, you mean break four, records. Four down linemen and the rest are DBs. That was uh, a move. <laughs> that was odd. Oh, man. You gotta love it, but that that interaction was just too good between. You Red would think Dirt, he would have learned his Oboe, lesson like a quarter into that game, but he was like, you know what, we're just gonna it's keep gonna, rolling roll with, with this. It. You know, work. it will work eventually. I mean, Tavon Austin is running for eighty yards on every play, but eventually the players will the figure it out, pick up the slack, and no. execute the way that I want them to. It didn't. And he, and he and maybe you're the problem. The last podcast we mentioned. We, he because it was on like football scoop or whatever it was where they announced all the coaching hires that he was likely on his way to Kentucky with his brother Mark and now he looks he's Mike is staying as a, a coffee getter at Alabama quality guy at Alabama it's interesting maybe he's waiting for a bigger job or maybe he's waiting for a job not with his brothers because maybe of the, the, the maybe the Kentucky administration put the kibosh on it you never know it's possible who knows but. Do we do we do we have any bachelor updates? Is what I'm asking about next. Well, I mean, I've heard a lot of drama you've, lately. You've I've seen heard a lot the of drama. memes of old Barb. Yes, I've the seen the mother memes of, of old Peter. Barb. Peter is a person whose judgment is questionable at best. You can sort of see where he gets that from. His mother is a moron, clearly. <laughs> um. I think she's obviously milking her 15 minutes of fame with all the crying and stuff like that and her protests of, oh, what's her face, Madison, who is basically this, like, person who seemingly is without flaw, some, you know, SEC Southern Bell type. Mm -hmm. Dad is an assistant basketball coach at Auburn. She doesn't drink. I, I, I frankly, obviously that isn't for everyone, but... I don't understand why a parent would have an issue with right, that. I right, mean, it's, yeah, it's, I agree. I don't know. It's very odd. It was a, it was an odd season of The Bachelor, and I, granted, take that with a grain of salt because it is the only season of The Bachelor I've ever watched. Mm -hmm. But I've been told that it was a strange season of The Bachelor, and I believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of drama lately. But anyway, there is rumor of a conspiracy theory that he uh -oh. is actually dating... 
someone who he had eliminated Hey-o. previously in the show. I for, I, the name escapes me. I'm going to get in trouble for forgetting the name here. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting, man. Uh, but I, I, I think I have nothing else to say for this podcast because my brain is spinning like crazy. Do you have anything to say other than your plans for the weekend? Oh, I mean, I have spring break coming up, so I'm. I'm oh, there you go. I, Are I'm, you gonna go anywhere, bro? No, I'm. <laughs> I'm hermiting my ass in my house. Yeah, and I'm gonna play the new. Battle Royale version of Call of Duty. I'm just gonna, okay. I'm just gonna quarantine myself for a week. I've never been a big Call of Duty guy. Okay. I, I'm just I'm just not good at first person well, shooters. Same, I like games same. like GTA Five or Red Dead Redemption where oh, you can lock game, on with a pistol. Games. Yeah, lock, even in a moving car or a horse. Great game. You can lock on to someone. See, I, I'm, I've always How can you not enjoy that? been garbage at first person shooter games. But when my buddies like hit me up and want to play. I don't want to be like I don't want to be the one that they carry. So like I practice by myself. So I've been getting better. And so instead of getting a zero kills or like one kill just from hiding, like now it's like a matter of like getting the proper equipment and headsets. And it's like actually actively practicing. So I've been getting better. So I'm hermiting my ass in my house for a week, quarantine. I got plenty of water, toilet paper, yada yada. Got dry foods. I'm I'm, I'm set for at least another. Week and a half, two weeks before I have to go to Sam's Club again. I was at Sam's Club yesterday. I hadn't been there in a Same. long time. Hell. It's, it's hell. Yeah, on Earth. But anyway, going to a birthday party on Friday and then going to a wedding on Saturday. So basically, going to be with large crowds throughout the weekend. Oh, God. Be, be, keep me in your thoughts and prayers, I guess. I'll be, I don't know, maybe all the alcohol I drink will eliminate the threat of the coronavirus. They did say more alcohol in your system did deter it a little bit. Mm, Well, we'll have to put that to the test, I guess. So, yep, I'll be just chilling, uh, playing video games and hermiting, and you'll be in large crowds, but also maybe consuming alcohol to deter maybe this virus. So maybe we'll both stay safe and different and very different distinct different ways it's gonna be i mean and speaking of the ncaa tournament obviously it's gonna be so 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 surreal you're gonna see the one shining moment video without fans in the crowd (laughs) but you get to and and see here's another thing ou their fans don't travel for basketball yeah, at all. It'll be home game every game for them. The only times you see that is if OU is playing either in Oklahoma City or Dallas and they're like a high seed. Yep. In those cases, they have rolled out, but they're not going to travel to Spokane, Washington, of which is a possibility. And, I they mean, don't even travel to Norman. Here's the thing. They, if they somehow get past the first round in that hypothetical scenario, if they end up like in Spokane matched up with uh, Gonzaga as the one seed after the first round. Gonzaga is going to have the same number of people in that arena as Oklahoma. That's correct. So it sort of levels the playing field. And what if, like, Oklahoma, say, goes to St. Louis? Or is Cleveland one of the venues? I think so. I think so. And they end up (laughs) facing, uh, let's say OU ends up being like a 10 seed or something and beats the 7 seed and ends up playing 2 seed Kentucky. In one of those venues. Kentucky's going to have 125 people just like Oklahoma does. And 125 points. 
instead of Big Blue Nation <laughs> taking over the entire arena. It's true. It's Kentucky true. would wax Oklahoma, of but course. still. And nobody would be there to see it. It was like it yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. Pretty interesting times. Interesting Very times. Very interesting times. The, the Buffalo in. Wild Wings corporate people are probably having a party right oh, now. Yes, they are. So interesting. Yeah, it's it's odd. I'm definitely going to be hitting up some establishments during March Madness. You ever been to Chalk up in uh, Chisholm Creek? I haven't. Heard, it's I've really heard cool I've sports good, bar. For good things. It is awesome. Definitely a great place for March Madness. They've got like a hundred TVs in there. Oh hell! And yeah. this is not a sponsored that sounds thing. Wonderful. This is just a place. Just I a love. place. Yeah. Oh man, I gotta check it out then. Yeah, definitely. Far from more, but <clears throat> oh, but it's a bit of it. a hike for you, yeah. but not a hike for me. That's worth it though. But all right, guys. Well. Go ahead and follow us on crimsonandcreammachine.com. You know, it's brought to you guys by SB Nation. We'll be turning out more things. I'll actually have a lot more time to actually post something I promised Jack I'd post two weeks ago now that uh, I'm off work and uh, hermiting in my house. I forgot about that. I I, I didn't. You could have just just, not mentioned it and uh, stopped working on it. I would have forgotten. Then I got the flu and it was just went bad from there. But you can call, you can follow Jack at CC Machine or his personal account at Jerry Larry Shields. I'm at KMRobbie and CCM. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Please give us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And last but not least, stay safe out there, guys. So that's it.